You are now listening to Changing Lives, a podcast presented by Mount Gilead Full Gospel International Ministries, hosted by co-pastor Elena Robertson. Welcome back to Changing Lives. We're changing lives with the Word of God. So glad that you're here. And if you've been uh, connected with us and joining in the last few episodes, you know that we've been focusing on the mind of Christ. And this is actually going to be Mind of Christ Part 3. And um, again, for those of you who may not know that typically as I'm recording this podcast, it's usually, um, this is actually the month of, of May. And typically for the month of May, it's recognized as Mental Health Awareness Month. And um, I'm very passionate about uh, mental health, meaning mental health being like the mind of Christ, amen, and um, and just helping those who may suffer through mental illnesses and helping them to come into the knowledge of the truth um, about their minds. And, um, and I'm just excited to get into this deeper. You can go back to the previous podcast to catch up if you're just joining in, um, and uh, I know that you will be blessed. Um, We started out from two base scriptures that I'm going to continue to use as our base scripture. And that's from out of 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, the 16th verse. And the the B part of that says, but we have the mind of Christ. And that's coming from out of that uh, second chapter, which really lays out the foundation for this spiritual truth that says that we have the mind of Christ. And it talks about how... um, that we have to uh, be focused in the spirit realm and that it is from the spirit that we are able to connect to the mind of Christ. And it's through faith, through uh, uh, um, being um, disciplined and uh, demonstrating the power of of God through our own lives. Um, But that the nuts and bolts of it is that with the mind of Christ, that it is in the spirit that um, we connect to the mind of Christ. And so then also our other scripture is Philippians 2, 5, that says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And so, um, so that shows us that, but that particular scripture that we have a choice, even though we can have the mind of Christ, it's totally a different ball game of whether we allow that mind to be in us as opposed to just having something. Because you can have something, you can have a gift, you can have something tangible, but if you don't allow that to have full effect in your life, then it's no good to you. It's just existing and um and, and, and not working for your good. And so if I choose to allow the mind of Christ to work in me uh, through my faith, uh, through demonstrating the word and walking out the word of God, then I will certainly reap the full benefits of having the mind of Christ. And we want to make sure that that's what we do because that's that's what life is all about. And so we've gone on, we talked about how that we should be partakers of his divine nature because he's given us everything that we need. And another key thing is that we are to learn of him. The word of God says, learn of me. You know, he said, take my yoke upon you. You know, learn of me. You know, uh, learn what I what I 
I have done uh, in order to have the mind that I have. This is talking about Christ. You know, the mind that he had, the mindset that he had when he walked in the earth rim, the mindset that he had um, when he he carried out his carried out his assignment uh, to death on the cross, the mindset that he even had after the resurrection. All of that is what was given to us. There was an exchange that he made so that we could have life uh, and have it abundantly and certainly have a very uh, a strong mind and a mind full of, of vitality. And, you know, and so I started out last uh, podcast talking about one of the characteristics that is a hallmark of the mind of Christ, and that is life or being alive. Um, and I broke that down to uh, so that we could see the difference between uh, a mind that 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 is alive, that's full of vitality, that's moving, that's quickened, um, as opposed to a mind that's full of death, um, that's dormant, that's lazy, uh, that's inactive. Um, and certainly, I mean, it's obvious that the mind of Christ, you know, in order to e- even carry out his assignment, he had to be full of life, glory to God, because he can't give us life if he didn't have it to give us. And so in John 10, 10, that's what it says that, you know, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. But Jesus says, but I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so, and again, the Amplified Version says that that you may have it to the full until it overflows. And so Jesus, his mindset was all centered around life, life, life in our marriages, life in our relationships, life uh, uh, and whatever we endeavor to do that is full of life, amen, that is moving, that is that is shifting, that is abounding, amen, uh, and abundantly, amen. Glory to God. And so what I want to share with you in today's podcast is dealing with another characteristics of the mind of Christ. And you can go all throughout the word of God and you'll see that this is a a common thread as it pertains to the mind that Christ had. And that is having a singleness of mind, being single mindedness. And so what do, what do I mean by single mindedness? That means your mind being focused, you know, uh, and whatever, uh, you, you know, you put your mind to uh, when you're focused on that thing that you're not scatterbrains that, um, that, that you don't have a number of different things going through your mind, that you're not straddling the fence one way or the other, but you're focused in on a target on a goal. And, um, and so I immediately think about the scripture in James 1, 8, where it talks about that double-minded man that's unstable in all his ways. And so I want to go to that scripture because I think that's a good scripture to help us to understand double-mindedness is the opposite of being single-mindedness, uh, being single-minded. Um, you know, throughout the scripture, you see scriptures that talks about single a hearted or singleness of heart. And so we've learned that the heart is 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 not the spirit. It's it's the soul of man. And the soul of man, what are the, the main capacities of our soul is our mind. So our mind is is our soul um and, and, and all of that all wrapped up into one. And so the scripture that says that as a man thinketh in his heart, can't think 
you know, if you're thinking, it's in your heart. So the heart, the soul, the soul part of you, which is your 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 mind and your heart. Okay. Um, and so um, and so in James, the first chapter, and we'll start out at the sixth verse. And I, I want to read the Amplified because it really breaks some things down as it relates relates to that double-mindedness, okay? And so in the sixth verse, it says, only it must be in faith. And remember, if you, it, in our previous podcast, we talked about how that's that's a, a, a foundational piece uh, in the mind of Christ is having faith, okay? And it says, only it must be in faith that, that he asks with no wavering. This is a man that's asking of God wisdom, you know, asking things of God. Um, and it says that it has to be done with faith that has no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers, hesitates, doubts is like the blow, billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. And then in the seventh verse, it goes on to say, for truly let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. Eighth verse says, for being as he is, that means that hesitating, doubting, wavering, being as he is a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, double, double, you know, got that double thing between two you know, ideas, irresolute, that means not resolved, not settled. He is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. Man, that that's loaded because it 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 really breaks down the dynamics of a double-minded man, a double-minded person which is the opposite of single-mindedness. So it goes on to say that, uh, first of all, you got to do it when you go to God, you got to ask him in faith. So what's the use of, if you're not believing what you're asking for, then what's the use of even going? You know, so if if, if the one that you're going to, to ask for what you want, if you don't believe that the person you're asking for you know, whatever it may be, has the capacity, the ability to give you or to answer what you need, then why even go? And so this is this scripture, this is where it's starting out from and is saying, you know, okay, so if you're going in faith, okay, then this is how you need to ask in faith. You, you can't be amiss. You can't, you gotta got be focused on this thing. So you can't be wavering. The hesitating, when you hesitate, it's like, uh, you're not, quite sure of yourself because there's a possibility that uh, what I'm thinking may not be right or I may not be on the mark. I'm not quite sure, you know? And so, uh, uh, and so it's saying when you come asking to him, you're asking without wavering, without hesitating and no doubting. There's no doubt in your mind, but a a double-minded man has all those characteristics. He's wavering, 
He's hesitating. He's doubting. He's unsure of himself. And so it relates it to that billowing surge at sea. You know, that's, you know, when, if you've ever seen in the midst of a storm uh, out on the sea, if you ever look to see how the, how the water is just going to and fro, it has no pattern. It has no certainty. You're not sure if, it, if, uh, if it's going to come this way or go that way. You're not really sure which way it's going to go. And that's, that is it. You know, the word is relating that to a double-minded man. That when a double-minded man is 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 you know he's unstable in the fact that you can, you you're not sure which way it's going to go. One way, one day he's believing this, the next day he's like, well, uh, I changed my mind. You know, um, you know, and so it's like the that billowing surge out at sea that that is blown here and there and tossed by the wind so when the wind you have no control over the wind the wind is controlling it's like okay one one moment here one moment there you're just not sure but the word of god goes on to say that that person don't that person shouldn't even think that they'll be able to receive anything from the lord and the one thing that always sticks in my mind is that a first that says that's talking about this double-minded man which means you have two minds okay um that that person is unstable and then the word of god goes on to say in all of their ways you know it, it it's um it's similar to to momentum when you have momentum on your side that momentum causes things to get caught up in it and it propels it forward, you know, and it's the same way going the opposite way. When you're unstable, that unstableness, it will cause other things that you were first, you know, you seem to kind of have it, you know, under wraps or you may be somewhat secure in it. But when you start being unstable in your thinking in one way, it will begin to filter into other areas of your life and cause you to second guess other things. I mean, there have been things that I've done, you know, um, uh, and, and I've been good at it. But then the enemy would come because I may have been thinking of some other things that I'm not good at. And he will come and try to convince me that I'm no longer good at what I was good at. <laughs> it's crazy, but that's how the enemy does. He will work at your mind. And it's so it's that momentum that picks up once you begin to get unstable. And if you don't deal with that unstableness, it will begin to filter its way into other areas of your life where you will begin to second guess yourself. Okay. So we're talking about singleness of mind and the opposite of singleness of mind is a double-mindedness. And we know that Jesus Christ had a singleness of mind. He had a focused mindset. He was focused on his assignment. He was focused on his connection to our father. He was focused on communicating with his father every single day. He, when, when he went through tribulation, when he went through persecution, he was still focus. He wasn't like, uh, 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 he had his moment when he went to that garden of Gethsemane and, and he was so distressed because the whole, the weight of the world was upon him. Literally our sin was upon him. Literally our, 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 our destiny was upon him. The whole world's destiny was upon him and he was battling in his flesh, but yet and still he was able to shake off and still begin to focus in on 
the fact that he had to endure the cross. He had to endure the suffering in order to win the prize. For the joy that was set before him, he despised the shame and endured the cross. Glory to God. He could not have done that had he not had a singleness of mind, a focus, um, that he wasn't hesitating, that he wasn't doubting and straddling the fence, but he got himself in line with the will and purpose of God. And so, you know, so so that's, that, that single-mindedness is a major characteristics of the mind of Christ. And so you can look at in your life, all the areas of your life, um, it's o- the opposite of faith. Faith is bullseye. Faith is, you know, it's it's that single-mindedness. It's it's that focusing on that that one thing. It's 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 keeping your mind set on this is the way it's going to be, and this is the way I'm going to stay. This is the course that 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 victory is, and this is the course I'm going to stay. I'm not going to go one way. When I hear somebody else's opinion, I'm not going to be like, well, I'm not so sure. No, no, no. I'm going to stay and stick to what I know is true. Amen. And so that that's that that's a a a, a, a awesome dynamics of dealing with the 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 double mindedness. You know, so it's 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 hesitant, it's dubious, it's it's irresolute irresolute. It, it, it cannot make a resolve. It cannot come to a conclusion. Um, it cannot bring, come to a finality. Um, it's, it's, it's full of haste because when you're full of haste, it's like, you're not sure which way to go. I mean, you ever think about, you ever be driving your car and you see a squirrel to come across the road. Look, that, that squirrel, when that squirrel goes across that road, if that squirrel doesn't make up his mind what direction it's going to go, more than likely it's going to be roadkill. And so we see it all the time where, where we're coming and we're in that squirrel and it's like, okay, which way do I go? And, it, and it's going left, right, left, right, right. And then finally, it, if it decides quick enough, it makes it across the street to go in one direction. And so that's how we can be sometimes. But the end result that if you don't make up your mind is death, is loss, is, 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 is deadness, is, is irresolveness where you're not able to fulfill the promise or reach the goal that you were able to reach, which was for the squirrel, the other side. Okay, so we don't want to become roadkill. We don't want to become roadkill in our destiny. We don't want to become roadkill in what we're believing God for. We don't want our our prayers to become roadkill. Come on now, you can relate to that. And so I think it's 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 it's, it's paramount for us to recognize that when we believe, when we begin to to believe God for something, that we have to be resolved in our spirit. This is what I'm believing him for. And when it's based on his word, and especially if you get the word of God undergirding it and you stick to it, there's nothing that can stop you. You will get to the other side. You will reach your goal. Hallelujah. And so, so that double-minded man is unstable, unreliable. You can't depend on them. You ever seen somebody that, you know, it's like they're, they're unsure of themselves. And it's like, if you have a, a choice between a person that's sure of themselves and one that's unsure of themselves, and you had to use them for a particular project, 
you're going to use that person that's sure of themselves, that person that knows who they are, that knows how to get the job done, that's confident in, in their skill, not over cocky, not, but, but confident knowing that I have this skill set under my belt and I can do this. But that person that as much as you, they could be a good person, they can have a good heart, but when they're unsure of themselves, you're going to go with that person that's sure of themselves because you know it's going to get the job done. It's going to make you look good and you're going to get the end result. The person, as much as you want to help them out, you, 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 there's not, not much you can do with them un, until they get to that place where they're sure of themselves and they recognize who they are. And though they're not perfect, they'll recognize that, 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 that but yet and still they have enough confidence to know I have this skill set under me and I can do it just like so-and-so can do it, you know? And so, so, you know, you don't want some, you don't want to deal with something that's unreliable, I mean, come on now, when you're dealing with, with any type of company or any type of thing, you know, you're going to get your house built. Are you going to go with the one that has the reviews that, no, you, you, you can't depend on the agent because the agent is, you know, is not, not, not dependable. The contractor that, that's supposed to, you know, get the job done to build your house. They got reviews that say they can't, you can't reach them. You know, when you need to reach them, they don't return calls. They don't do, no, no. You're going to go with the one that has the good view that you can see, oh, okay, they're dependable. They'll get the job done. They say what they said they're going to do, they, they'll they do. That's what you want to, you know, to, 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 uh, that's the person that you're going to pick. That's the contract you're going to pick so you can get your, 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 your house built and you won't have a heartache and, you know, go through a whole lot of trouble, you know? And so it's the same way, you know, in the body of Christ as believers, God is looking for someone who he can depend on. And he knew that he could depend on his son. That's why he sent his only begotten son, because he knew the connection that his son had with him. He knew the, 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 the mind, the, the singleness of mind that his son had, had, has with him. And so he picked his only begotten son because he knew his son was reliable. His, he knew his son was focused. He knew his son was certain. You know, and you know that word, Uncertain. We've been hearing a whole lot about how these are uncertain times. And you know, for the world, it is. That's a truth for the world. The world does not know what's going to happen from day to day. There are some things that man knows, scientists knows, doctors knows, philosophers know, people here and people there, leaders, politicians. There are some things that they know, but there's a lot of things they don't know. And you know, you know, for us, as believers, you know, we may not have the total picture, but there's one thing that is such a, oh my gosh, it's such a precious commodity. And that is the peace of God. That in the midst of what is being called uncertain times, you can have the peace of God. And that peace of God comes when you know, I may not have it all figured out, but I know the one who does. And because my hope, because my trust, my dependency is in him, even in the midst of what is in the world on certain times, I have an assurance. I have certainty in knowing that everything's going to be all right, that things are going to work out together for my good. Hallelujah. And so, you know, 
When you have that mind of Christ, when you have that singleness of mind, you're not going to be like, well, I think God's going to work it out. Uh, No, he's able. Well, but I see all these things going on. No, you're going to have a certainty in your spirit to know uh, it's going to be okay. I don't know exactly how it's going to work up, but I know it's going to be all right. And so that peace comes in, that certainty comes in, that I'm thinking it's going to be okay. We're going to work. We're going to get through this. We're going to see the other side. Hallelujah. And so that's what, for you, that's what you got to work with. In the midst of all that's going on, you got to lay hold to that singleness of mind, that you're not straddling the fence, that you have one opinion, uh, you have one thought, you have one, you know, mind one day, and then the next day you're not sure. You're, you know, you're scared one day, and the next day you're you're brave and you're courageous. You're speaking one thing one day, and then the next day you're speaking the total opposite. And so you have to have that singleness of mind, that singleness of heart to know, okay, this is what I am fixed on. Glory to God. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your heart on Jesus. Fix your mind on Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so, um, and so we're in a world where there, there's so much going on. You know, we, 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 we want to be in the know, you know, and we, we want to know that things are going to be okay. We want to know this. We want to know that. We, we don't want to be caught by surprise. And so, you know, and, and so for that, that our nature is to know certain things. But sometimes we can be so caught up in knowledge and so caught up in information. I mean, come on now, the world that we live in, information is everywhere. If there's something that you don't know, you can find out. If you if there's an education or something that you need to learn how to do, you can find, there is a way to find out. I mean, there's all kinds of things, even on the internet now. I mean, uh, universities, colleges, various programs are being offered for free or little or none. So that's just a nugget right there for you to take advantage of that. If there's something that you don't know, it's a trade that you want to pick up, do your research, find out what's out there. But the point is this, there is, there is, there's, there's not, there's not a deficit in information. And because of that, it can become to our detriment, detriment that if we get too much information, it can smother us. It can, it can overwhelm us. It can overtake us and cause us to be, I mean, come on now. How many of us, uh, you may have been feeling something in your body and, and maybe you're like, well, I don't necessarily want to, you know, set a doctor's appointment for this. I'm going to go search the internet and you get on the internet and you start searching these symptoms and you're looking for all these different characteristics of the symptoms that you may feel in your body. And before you know it, you're, you're already getting a diagnosis of what you got before you, you know, based on information that may be shared on <laughs> the internet. And sometimes that information is what pe- may be people's opinions. It may not be factual information. Sometimes it may be something that may appear or be close to the symptoms that you had, but it may not be exactly what's going on in your body. And then of course the enemy loves stuff like that because then if you if you if you're feeding into something that may be a diagnosis that you may see based on your internet research, then now okay now you think you about now you got something that may lead to death. So you now you're dealing with thoughts in your mind, oh, I'm going to die or you know I got this and I got this and you know and so you're laying hold to things that aren't life aren't full of life. And so that and and that's what will happen when you got when you get information and that's how 
That's how Adam and Eve were. They, they, there was information that was in the garden that, that God was letting them know, no, don't touch that. You know, because I'm sure he was, you know, he, he's given it to us to know the mysteries. So he's going to give it to us in the due season, in due time. But he was letting them know, but don't mess with that now. Because one, if you mess with it, it would be death because it's information that you're not able to handle at this point. And so that's what happens to us. Death comes to us. We lose our rights. We lose our privileges. We lose our, our, our foundation. We lose our, our place, our footing when we allow too much information to come in to keep us from really zoning in on where we're supposed to be. And so when you got all that information coming out, coming at you, then it feeds into that double-mindedness. Well, what is the truth? Well, what's what's not the truth? Is this right? Is this wrong? And you're all over the place. And so that's why we when we take it back, when we reel it back in and we line it up with how Jesus did it, I mean, he, 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 wasn't, he wasn't concerned about the Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees and how, the opinions of men. He wasn't concerned about all the information that they had and, and, and how the accolades and all these things that they had. He wasn't caught up in that. He was caught up in the Father. Glory to God. Caught up in the Father. He was fixed on what did the Father think about him? What did the Father have to say? He was caught up in, okay, I've got this situation coming up. Now, what do I need to do? That's why he always, you know, he worked miracles throughout the Bible. But where was he when he wasn't working miracles or he wasn't teaching his disciples? He was fellowshipping with the Father. He went up to a faraway place, a mountain. He set aside time. He, he pulled away from the crowd. He went and he communed with the Father. He prayed to the Father. And what, would he, what, would, what was he getting when he was praying? He was getting instruction. He was getting fuel. He was getting a, a direction. He was getting insight onto what to do in his daily life. That's his example that he laid out for us. Oh my goodness. So he knew how to handle the information. He knew how to deal with those who were trying to trap him and, and, how, and who were trying to trick him. He knew how to deal with different types of people. He knew how to deal with those who needed him. And he knew how to deal with those who, 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 who were for him. And he knew how to deal with those who were simply just trying to trap him and trick him. Oh, glory to God. Double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. In James, the fourth chapter, the eighth verse, it says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. That purify your hearts. Remember what I said? The heart is the soulish part of us. It's dealing with the mind. So he's saying purify your mind, you double-mindedness. In other words, what he's saying is, come on, purify, draw nigh to God. He will draw near to you. Uh, cleanse yourself. Get, get, get yourself straight. Get your mind straight. Purify your mind based on the word of God, based on you fellowship with God, based on you getting into the presence of God and clearing out all of that gook. All the stuff that we hear, all the research that we hear, all the things that could be true or not, I'm not sure if it's true, all the extra stuff that really has become a, a, a dead weight to us to cause us to be straddling here and 
hesitating, being double-minded, all of those things. And so we have to get ourselves to a place where we have a singleness of mind, okay? And um, in 2 Corinthians 11 chapter, the third verse, it says, um, but I fear lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. <laughs> simplicity. It's, it's, he said his, his yoke is easy. You know, so we, we make it seem hard that we have to do this. We have to r- run around the circles. We have to do this and jump through these hoops. No, it's, it's simple. Get in the presence of God. Get in the word of God. Speak the word of God. Focus on the word of God. Take the truth. The truth is going to set you free. It's going to make you free. This is how Christ was able to endure the cross. He had that singleness of mind. In the Amplified, it goes on to say this. It says, but now I I am fearful that lest even as the serpent beguiled Eve by his cunning, so your minds may be corrupted and seduced from wholehearted and sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Another version talks about how it, 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 it is led astray, which is when it's led astray from the mind of Christ, then now you're dealing with, okay, another type of mindset. So, so as Christians, we become saved. We're supposed to renew our minds and we're supposed to let this mind be in us, which is also in Christ Jesus. But when we listen to the, 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 the negativity that doesn't line up with the word of God, when, when we don't allow the word of God to be our filter of what comes in our spirit, of what Uh, we meditate on what we think on, then we can be led astray from our devotion to God, our commitment to say that for God I live, for God I die, our commitment that says that God's word is true and and my life is worth living because, because I'm living it in him. His word is the true way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Okay. And so, so let's, let's gather ourselves, you know, and, and we've been in this thing for a little while, but we still have to fight the good fight of faith because the enemy's goal is to get our minds. The enemy's goal is to infiltrate us and to take that characteristics that belongs to us to be able to focus with a singleness of mind. His goal is to cause us to constantly be double-minded whenever we're dealing with anything, anything dealing with with, with, um, our life, anything dealing with uh, our relationships. I mean, everything that concerns us, our spirit, our soul, our body. He just wants us to be double-minded about that. And so, but we're not going to give him that place. We're going to resist him so that he won't get that place and cause us to go astray, to pull away, to lose our concentration on our goal. You know, um, our apostle gave us uh, this, 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 this focus for this year that, that we've only just begun and that we're forgetting those things that are behind. We're pressing and we're reaching for those things that are before us. In order to press and reach, it's a, it's, it's a bullseye that we're reaching for. We, we want to hit bullseye. We want to hit that mark. Uh, and, and what is it that it, it could be? It can be anything. It could be a, a, a better marriage. It can be a better you. It can be, you know, uh, just believing God for health in your body, uh, believing God for 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 uh, increase in your finances, it, believing God for, for uh, healthy relationships. It, it, we know that there is... That that there is nothing that is that that 
that there are many things that we're believing him for, okay? But you have to concentrate on the bullseye. And that concentration comes by you taking the word of God and, and, and allowing that to be the foundation for what you believe in God for, okay? So, so let's have that singleness of mind, which is the mind of Christ. And so I say to you, um, don't be like the double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways, uh, hesitant, uh, irresolute, uh, unresolved, not able to concentrate, but focus. Come on, let's gather ourselves and say, okay, wait a minute. Where? Let's examine ourselves and see where have we been double-minded? Where have we been, you know, between two opinions? And let's get in the Word of God and see what the Word of God says about it and line it up to His way, to His will. And so the Word of God says what? We have the mind of Christ, which means we have singleness of mind. So I say to you, Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. God bless you. This has been another episode of Changing Lives. Be sure to subscribe to stay updated on new episodes. Also, find us on the web at mountgileadfgim.org. And follow us on Instagram at mountgileadfgim.org.